I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Welcome back, everybody. It is your Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. As always, Tina Metis, Julie McKenzie with you for the next hour or so. We're going to recap an interesting weekend in in the hockey world. Uh, A little bit, I guess... Man, Julian, what is it? Death, taxes, and Vancouver Canucks controversies, right? There's only a few guarantees <laughs> in life. Got ourselves another one. I would oh, on the I'm left sorry coast. for laughing, but it's so true. Oh, man. It just feels like they, they just can't get out from under it. So we'll get on that. A huge revenge game kind of coming up in Boston on Monday. Should be a clash of the Titans with so many great storylines. Vegas and the Bruins. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 look, there's a lot to get to here. But you know where I'm going to start, though, with this? And yeah, where? I'm going to start with the, the conversation we were just having off before we're recording. Our producer, Chris Flannery, is a diehard Rangers fan. Like, and I mean, just loves the Rangers. He's one of those guys that if he misses the game, he's PVRing it, trying to shut off his phone, trying to get the results of his game uh, with or not get the results of his game, watch it through. Like, he's that much of a fan. Okay. And what I thought was interesting was. You said you picked the Rangers to be your Stanley Cup team from the Eastern Conference. Get to the now. Did you pick them to win the cup or just get to the cup? I picked them to get to the cup. I picked yeah. them to go against Colorado. And I'm telling you, man, like Julian, I watched the Rangers in the home and home series against Ottawa last week, and yeah. then I saw that they lost to Chicago. I'm like, how is this the team that got to the conference final last year? Like, it, they don't even look. They don't even look the least bit intimidating to me, right? Man, I like, like I, I haven't. I'm not gonna act as if I've watched games uh, for them this year. Just focusing with Calgary, but like my big thing with them was that they, at least on paper, have pieces that 
a lot of championship teams require in order to make runs. I thought their forward core would be great with the pieces that they have in guys like Artemi Panarin up front. Uh, Chris Kreider, I didn't expect him to have a 50-goal season, but he established himself as a viable like top option. Mika Zibanejad had a really good postseason, another great player in that organization. Those are guys up front. And then on defense, you have a franchise defenseman in Adam Fox who should be up for a Norris Trophy every year. He will likely end up at, in the Norris Trophy discussion at the end of this year when it's all said and done, if he continues to play like how he's playing. And then you have Igor Shosturkin, who raising, he's the reigning Vezina winner and is proved to be a really great goalie for them in the playoffs. And at least in talking to Chris, like it seems like Igor is not really playing all that well. You know what? Shusterkin, the way he's playing this, like he was out of his mind last year. Like, you know what? He was like, and I know this might be sacrilegious to say this in, in some to some people. He was like Dominic Hushik good. Like, like the like the save percentage was like nine, yeah, 935. Like he yeah. was out of his mind. Like he was just out of his mind. Like, if you go back, remember Tim Thomas had one of those years for Boston. Hashik was like that. You were just this guy's straight up stealing games for you. And this year. It's like he's regressed to just be an average goalie. Like he's like, I want to say something. He's not terrible. I want to make this clear. Igor yeah. Shosturkin is not terrible. He's average. He's got a 913 save percentage, which just feels very pedestrian. You know, 250, whatever goals against average. Like he's just, this is the answer to what would happen if the Rangers just got average goaltending. And man, I got to tell you, I saw this. I think I think Sean Mackett, like down goes Brown, and I talked about this a few weeks ago when you know the Rangers were off to an okay start. We're like, man, can you imagine if all three teams in the Metro uh, New York area make the playoffs? Devils, Islanders, Rangers. Um, they haven't done that in fifteen years. All of them make the playoffs in the same year. That'd be pretty cool, right? Would you agree with me on this? If you're picking one of those three teams to miss right now. Aren't you picking the Rangers out of the amongst the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers to miss the playoffs? Don't you kind of feel that way? They would look like the strongest candidate to do so. Yeah, wild. I can't pick the Devils. They're too good. They're too far up ahead. So it kind of has to be the Rangers. Not crazy. Think about that. The Islanders missed the playoffs last year. The Devils missed the playoffs last year. The Rangers got to the conference final. And here we are in December, and you're like, if you have to pick amongst those three teams, who do you think misses? I think a lot of people are going Rangers. But like, like I mean, that's wild. Th- things could things could change. There's a lot yeah. of time left. I'm just thinking because you know there are going to be Rangers fans who are going to be upset because be- Rangers fans love it when when shows talk about their team. Like the Rangers deserve to be talked about. But like, there's a lot of time. Yeah, but you know what? I think okay. So I think last year what Rangers fans got a little sour about was. The underlying numbers, people like the like the nerd crowd was like, nah, this is unsustainable. You can't win with like you're just propped up by good goaltending and a crazy power play. And I think Rangers fans were like, yeah, we have bad. Oh, sorry, we have good goaltending and a great power play. Like why? Like why is that a bad thing? Like you know, most it shouldn't be a bad thing at all. It shouldn't be a bad thing. But teams beg for that all the time. We we put so much of an emphasis on five on five play that. You know, and it is. It's usually a good indicator, but they got so deep in the playoffs last year. So I can understand why Rangers fans might have had a little chip on their shoulder last year when everyone was like, no, 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 they're not that good. Like, it'll catch up to them. 
But this year, I think that they're smart enough to know, like, this is frustrating to watch. Like, like I think the criticism somewhat warranted, right? Like, um, the fans are starting Gerard Gallant. The, it just, something's off there. That's all. And I, I can't believe that I would pick them. Like, if you went back six weeks ago and told me one of these teams is going to miss the playoffs, I think we'd all be like, ah, it's the Devils, right? Or not, nah, the Islanders, whatever. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the Rangers. But the, the good thing for the Rangers is, is that they're only three points, as of this recording, yeah. they're th- only three points behind the Islanders uh, and are only like two points out of a playoff spot. Like, things are not, I, I think because of how good they were last year, you would think of them as a team that should be kind of nestled in that top three or top two in that division and should be looked at as a team that should be, at least in the regular season, better than what they were last year, at least just a really good team. So the fact that they're kind of, Middle of the pack, bordering, I mean, not bordering, they're kind of on the outside looking in right now. There is some frustration there, but I don't know. Sometimes it's better to go through all that adversity stuff at the beginning and then you start going on a run after, right? As opposed to starting off hot and then you fold at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And look, I think we came into this year saying at the e, if you looked at the Eastern Conference, right? And we were like, oh, man. All eight teams had 100 points to make the playoffs last year. Like, who, what, yep. maybe maybe one team is going to fall off their perch. And y- you know what? There's there's two, at least, that that look like they're they're vulnerable. One being the Rangers. The other being Washington. And, you know, yeah. the Caps are really sputtering right now. They're hit with injuries. You know, Rangers and Capitals. Like, I, I feel like there's – I don't see a scenario where they both make the playoffs this season. I think the Capitals are missing. I want to watch the Capitals over the weekend. And, like, I mean, I think the Flames did what they could to kind of, you know, look good in front of them and dominate play and look pretty good at five on five. The biggest thing about it for me was just, like, you know, Alexander Ovechkin, we know he's chasing history. That game might have been the most disinterested I've seen from him maybe ever. Like, even on power plays, like, he's, like, standing around waiting for the puck to come his way. Like, he's not really doing a lot of fight back for back checks and stuff. And I get it, he's an offensive guy. We're not going to look at him as the greatest defensive player ever. Like, that's not what you get Alexander Ovechkin for. You get him to snipe goals from the Ovechkin spot and 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 win games. But, I mean, just the fact that the team is not playing well and the fact that he's, like, just, you know, not playing at a high level, like, that was a bit worrisome for me to watch. You know what, though? You know what it reminds me a little of? And I covered this when I worked in TV. Like, I covered Barry Bonds' home run chase in the summer of 2007 when he was chasing down Henry Aaron. And those were kind of meaning. Like, the Giants were a bad team at that point. But they had this guy that was kind of, you know, certainly making news in Barry Bonds. And so that made the Giants kind of, ah, you know, I'll tune in, I'll watch the Giants game, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of feel like, I feel like this is how it might start to play out for Ovechkin. That if he's going to chase down, he's, you know, within about 100 of Gretzky, that these games are, it, 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 he's going to become the attraction now. And, and, and you might be in that spot where you're chasing down a record and that matters more than the team. Because it just, man, it feels like they've aged overnight in a hurry. As a group. Yeah. And like this team is not, it's not like they're like, even like once upon a time, like you're, you're looking at younger guys like an Evgeny Kuznetsov to kind of bring up the rear a little bit. Like those guys are not playing at that same level anymore. So 
yeah, like it's 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 just kind of it's really unfortunate for those guys because of the way that they played from the late 2000s in the early 2010s to that cup win in 2018. This should be a team. Ovechkin should be a player, honestly, with so much more playoff success and 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 maybe more cup final rings to his name. And like, if this is it, like we're just in for Ovi watch for the next little while where it's just him trying to chase this. Like, I imagine it might be a little bittersweet if you look back on his career. Like, yeah, he gets the record, but like he really only has like one ring, whereas Sidney Crosby has like so much more to his name. On top of the fact, on top of the fact, not to make it political, but I think it has to be part of the discussion here. There are some people who will look at Alexander Ovechkin's affiliations and feel that like it has been like any celebration for that is like subdued because like in any other circumstance, like fine. If we're, if you're telling me, okay, the only time I really have to watch the Washington Capitals is to see Alexander Ovechkin, you know, try to score goals to get to this record. Like we'd we'd be like all over it, but you know, it's a bit of an awkward, it's, I think it's still a bit awkward. I know some people are are going away from it and it's very easy to go away from it, but I think that there's still, because it's still out there, it still makes things a little bit awkward. No, absolutely it does. And 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 I think that that is part of the narrative on Ovechkin, right? You 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 can't separate the two. He, that that's part of who he is and that and you know, absolutely. That, and even um, if you want to say like, hey, you know what? He and look, he is. He could be in a he could look it's like it's a very difficult situation. To have to speak out on that, I know we've probably discussed it on respect on our own respective platforms, but like even then, like I think it still just makes it a little weird. Yeah, no, I'll tell you. You know what was a little weird was Brock Besser on the weekend. You want you want to talk about was, awkward and weird, uh, Julian? Uh, just to set this up for the listeners that maybe missed this on the weekend because look, it was a Vancouver Arizona game, not necessarily a game that had a lot of eyeballs on it. But Brock Besser. Uh, was slated to be a healthy scratch on the weekend. Was out with the extra players. I was kind of following along with uh, Thomas Drance's tweets. And, you know, he was like, hey, Besser's out there taking extra shots. He's not going to play tonight. And it looked like, wow, Brock Besser's going to be a healthy scratch. Which, a guy that's got, uh, you know, a couple more years left on a contract, uh, Julian, at $6.5 per on the cap hit. That's a big story. Like that, you know, Brock Besser's going to be a healthy scratch. Big story. But here's the funny thing. Uh, he ends up having to play at the la- basically at the last minute. Dakota Joshua wakes up from a post game nap, not feeling great. Whatever he's like, I can't go. So Besser th- goes all day thinking he wasn't going to play. Then he plays. Now here's what I want to ask you because I'm uh, I want to be real clear on this. Sometimes I don't know what to think, and I don't know like I I don't want to ever m- manufacture fake outrage and stuff like that. I, I want to have a real thoughtful, nuanced discussion on this. Sure. It was supposed to be hockey fights. Well, not supposed. It was hockey fights cancer night in Vancouver on Saturday. And and Brock Besser's dad uh passed away. He had a long battle with with among amongst other ailments, you know, Parkinson's disease, but he also had a long battle with cancer. And Brock Besser when he came out for the warm-up in a game that he wasn't supposed to play but did play, uh his hockey fights cancer Vancouver Canucks jersey uh had his dad's name on the back. Dookie was his dad's nickname. Uh, on the back of his jersey. After the game, Besser, who, by the way, scored in the third period of that game, 
Uh, Bruce Boudreaux said he was playing mad in that game. Boudreaux, uh, uh, sorry, Besser says, quote, obviously it's a night that means a lot to me and my family. So I'm just happy I got in. And to be able to score was the cherry on top. Here's my question, Julian. Help me, like, help me navigate this. And maybe, I'm hoping actually maybe you have an insightful answer that can help guide me because I'll be real honest. I don't know what to think. But should a team consider something like that and say, you know what, it's poor form. The guy, it's Hockey Fights Cancer Night. It's a big thing in his family. This game would mean a lot to him. If we're going to scratch him, let's, let's, let's punt it for a night or two. Or do, or you think, hey, this is professional sports, man. This is the NHL. And feelings are secondary. This is a business. And if we think we're better off without you, then you're out. Where, like, where do you come down on this? Because I don't know what to think. I really don't. This feels like two different types of styles. And I guess it really depends on how you want to manage your team. Because yeah. I feel like, like, I don't know why Lou Lamorello pops into my head. But Lou Lamorello strikes me as a guy who would be more column B of like, this is professional sports, dude. Like, you got to play. As opposed to someone else who might be more column A who might think, no, you know what? Like, we could make that work where, you know, that guy could play. We could do what we want to do with this player for another night. I, I find myself in column A. If I'm in a situation where I know Brock Besser, maybe he's not having the best year. I think he has, what, like three goals to his name right now? He's not having a great offensive season. Like, this is a night that means a lot to him. He he mentioned it to the media that, like, he circled that date. You know? I, I would understand. And look, the Vancouver Canucks are not going anywhere. You know? I could understand why you put him in the lineup, you keep the peace, you let it go. He's still a good player. So, he actually scored. So, that should be four goals. But, like, yeah, exactly. Four, four goals and 15 points. 15 points in 19 games. That's not that. Okay. Look. I would have just played him. I and maybe it's not the best move, but he and maybe I wouldn't have done this for a third line, fourth line player and all that. Because I know a lot of people look look, it's 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 a tough situation. But Brock Besser's still one of your more known players. He's still one of the a guy who's been in your organization for quite some time. I could understand that why a game like that would mean something to him. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably keep the piece and, and put him in the lineup. And the fact that he scored, I mean, kind of, I mean, it, I know he ended up in the lineup because of injury circumstances, but it ended up sort of working out for the Vancouver Canucks in that game. I don't know. I just feel like with the way that they've been handling things as of late, or as it seems like it looks like, like it's just another mess for this team that really cannot afford to have a mess, any more messes right now. Yeah, it's it's a weird, like, part of me want, like, I don't know if they really, if Boudreaux even really, do you think he even knew, ah, it's Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and this is, this like, I I don't know, I feel like, I think I tend to come down with you to say that if I, if I knew all the information, I would let the guy play this game and make it, but, you know, again, I don't want to, I, I don't believe in, in creating manufactured outrage or whatever, like, you know, sometimes, look, sometimes people just make bad decisions. And I think the Vancouver yeah. Canucks here just made a bad decision. And maybe it wasn't out of malice, but maybe it was just, you know what, man, it's just indicative of what's going on under the hood there, which is lack of communication, lack of trust, lack of, you know, something's not right there, right? Something just hasn't felt, and, and you and I are looking at this from like the, 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 
10,000 foot view. We're not in that market. We're not immersed in it. We're just kind of looking around and we're like, something doesn't feel right there. You know what no. I mean? And, and when you, you potentially scratch a guy under these circumstances, doesn't feel right. Just and then that odd. same night, and the same night, just so happens we hear that uh, uh, Brock Besser and his people, uh, you know, if they want out of here, they could facilitate something. You know? Like, ish. maybe those two things are not necessarily related, but no, I, I think have they, a heart. I think they are. I think they that, are, Julian. That and also it's hard to not, it's hard to look at that instance and just solely think of it as an isolated incident and just be like, well, hey, you know what? That's just a bad decision. Like, I get where you're coming from. The fact that like, hey, people just make bad decisions. But when you consider all the madness that has been surrounding the Vancouver Canucks on and off the ice, that compounds it. It's just, it's now just going to be seen as like, well, there's the latest thing to happen in Vancouver lately. Like, it's a mess. Yeah. And I listen, I'd, I'd love to hear from our listeners on this, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit Julian and I up on the comment section of the podcast. Um, yeah, do you have a problem with this? Do you have a problem with Vancouver uh, about to scratch Brock Besser on Hockey Fights Cancer Night? Or no, you're like, hey, I, again, I, I think I want to always, anytime I go into a debate or a topic, I want to at the very least understand multiple sides of the equation. So like, I can understand, I hope people understand that I know this is the National Hockey League. This isn't my, uh, you know, minor hockey, youth hockey, uh, you know, equalized time, all that stuff. No, this, this isn't that. This is the professional sports league. And if you feel like you want to make a lineup decision to bench, like so many times we ask coaches, we demand like, man, I wish the coach had the stones to bench the, the $6 million guy. Then he does it. And then we're like, I can't believe he benched the $6 whoa, million whoa, whoa, guy. Whoa, whoa, it's $6 you know? million. Dollars. What are you gonna do? This, I, I guess, my point is when you when you bench a six million and his Besser's cap hit is six and a half, right? Yeah, about that, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, but with a couple of years left on it, um, that's the nuclear option. That's a nuclear option, and like that that tells me that it's off the rails. You you very rarely do you see a guy in that salary bracket is a healthy scratch in December. Right? In the first year of his contract. Yeah, first year of the three-year deal. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where they, they signed JT Miller. They got to deal with Horvath. It just feels like they're in a weird spot as a franchise. Like, what are you doing here? They're kind of stuck in that meaty middle. They're, they're too good to bottom out and hang out with Arizona and Chicago and whoever else, Philly, Columbus, whoever you want to put down there. And they're not good enough to be a playoff team. And they look like they're going to just be destined to be in this Murky middle because they got some talented guys. They do, and they, and when the goalie's playing well, they're good. But yeah, when he's know, healthy, the goalies too. had the issues. And um, I'm sorry to do this to Vancouver Canucks fans, but off of the stuff that's been going on this year, don't forget there was crap going on last year too. And I'm sure well, if don't. you talk to and and look, <laughs> Canucks fans know about all the crap that has gone on with their franchise for you know as long as they've been going on. So now at this point, we can't even just say. Wow, like I can't believe this mess is going on in Vancouver. Unfortunately, there's a label that's going to follow them where it's just like, this is just Vancouver. Shit just hits the fan if you wait long enough. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. That was the story of the weekend. I think Brock Buster being scratched was one of the big stories of the weekend. I want to look ahead to Monday night, okay? Because we're going to see, I think this might be the most, and look, you cover the Flames, so you're very well versed in, we'll call them revenge games this year, right? Because the Flames, they've got, uh, they've got had a bunch the of them. Yeah, they got the dates with, you know, Kachuk. They got, you know, Gaudreau is going to come back. Like, like, I feel like, you know, the Flames might have some spicy games this year. But tell me this. Bruce Cassidy back at his old stomping grounds uh, where the Bruins got rid of him. Is there a spicier game on this schedule than Bruce Boudreau? Uh, sorry, uh, Bruce Cassidy going back to Boston where the Bruins haven't lost at home this year, right? They're perfect on home ice. And... Cassidy has a chance to really make a statement with a Vegas team that's also at the top of the standings in the Western Conference. Like to me, this is the this might be the game of the week, and it's only Monday. This might be the game of the week. Not only that, if we luck get lucky, that might be a Cup Final preview. Oof. Like that's how good of a potential matchup this could actually be on a Monday night too. Like that's not so bad. I mean. Unfortunately for them, they have to go up against whatever Monday night football game, I guess, is going up. But, like, for us as hockey fans, like, who cares? Like, we should watch that game. Uh, I will be watching Calgary versus Arizona. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that matchup uh, could be really interesting to watch. Two teams that have put themselves in really good positions to start off this year. And as you've kind of mentioned, like, seems like the coaching change worked out for everybody. Yeah. Vegas gets Bruce Cassidy and they are flying right now. Jim Montgomery is doing a pretty good job, a great job in, in Boston. I wonder if he'll generally get Jack Adams award votes uh, for the job he's been able to do there. Like it's a really interesting scenario with those two teams and how good they are. Yeah. I, I think I'm not saying, I, I mean, and I understand, I just said, I, I, at the beginning of the year, I wanted Colorado and the Rangers to make the Stanley Cup final, but I don't think it's wrong to say Boston Vegas could be a potential Stanley Cup final. No, not at all. Not the way. Like if you were looking at it right now at the you know twenty five game ish game mark, absolutely you would look at these two teams and say uh, this is like I just love I, again. Like I said, and and you you really hit the nail on the head though when you said the coaching move has worked out for both teams because they both rolled the dice right. Uh, Vegas rolled the dice on Cassidy because obviously. He had a less than uh, amicable, amicable departure from Boston. And, you know, Boston rolled the dice. They got rid of him and brought in Jim Montgomery looking for a second chance. Like, it's working out perfectly. Like, I'm having a hard time thinking of, of, of very many coaching situations, Julian, that have worked out better like this for all three parties. The Bruins, the Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy. It just feels like everybody is where they're supposed to be. And I, you know what I loved? Cassidy got asked on Sunday about this being a revenge game. And, yeah. you know, he, he he admitted, look, I want to win that game. I want to win the game. I want to beat my old team. Who wouldn't want to? I want to stop their uh, unbeaten streak at home. Who wouldn't want to do that? Uh, I love this quote from Bruce Cassidy, Julian. He says, uh, they asked him about this being a revenge game. And he says, quote, I still have a house in Cape Cod that I want to go back to and not have people throw eggs at it. You know? Uh, Why would you tell people where your house is, man? You're just well, opening the door for people. 
the cake, yeah, the eggs, which I hope these are going to be, these aren't going to be like hard boiled eggs, right? Like if you're going to egg somebody's house, eggs you're going are with eggs. Right out of the like car. Like why? Like no way. I don't want that at all. Hard boiled eggs, whatever. Let's go through the window like, is what I'm saying. Hard boiled. You know what? I'm not an egg connoisseur. I don't actually like eggs. So like I, I just, but I still think it's just really weird. So like what, what, what's the deal with you? You just don't eat eggs at all? Like ever? I don't eat eggs. I had like, like when's the last time you had an egg? Um, since COVID has hit, have you had an egg? In like a sand, in like a like a Tim Horton sandwich, like on accident, maybe. But like, it's not something I eat regularly. Like, not since I was like a child. Can you just explain to the listeners how you would accidentally eat an egg sandwich from Tim Hortons or anywhere? Like, how would that accidentally happen? <laughs> you order uh, uh, a uh, breakfast sandwich that's supposed to have sausage and bacon in it, and then they put it in your bag, and then you leave without thinking to check, and then you open it, and you realize they put eggs in it. Okay. And there then we go. you just say, you Ms. know what? What the hell? I'm just going to have to live with the fact that there is egg in a breakfast sandwich I ordered. Mystery solved. There we go. Mystery I feel like you're judging me hard on that I, right now. And I, I don't have. like it. No, no. Good God. Damn it, Ian. Stop the, judging the me Cass- for our food choices. Man, the Cassidy thing is, is going to be really interesting, though, because it was a it, it seemed like a bitter departure yes. from Boston. And it was weird, too. Like, the timing was weird. Everything was weird about it. And I, yeah, I, I can't think of a bigger revenge game. I know, maybe, maybe when Johnny Gaudreau comes back, to Calgary, because that was a guy leaving in free agency. Yeah. That might be, but I, I tell you, Cassidy going back to Boston, that's a pretty big revenge game this year, right? Def, I think it's definitely up there as someone who is maybe, I would like to think I'm starting to become a bit of an expert when it comes to these uh, revenge games. Yeah, exactly. Seen, uh, Kachuk in the Flames. That was a little bit more like we heard some boos, but I think a lot of the fans there, I don't necessarily think they had that much hate in their heart for Kachuk. I think they just wanted to move on. Sean Monaghan, nobody booed him. No, uh, how can you? Of, that guy, that guy yeah. is pure class. Pure class. And look, it wasn't really his fault. Like he got banged up. And I think everyone knew that like him getting a change of scenery was going to be the best thing. Johnny Goudreau, that is going to be interesting because it just talking to players, like it seemed like he was, he was liked. And he was like a quiet guy. And and then just, you know, he just made his decision to to leave Calgary and go to Columbus. And I think people are wondering, like, maybe not wondering, but like, I, I, like we know that Kachuk called Bradshaw Living and was like, you know what, man, I'm not going to sign long term. They made something happen. Um, uh, you, you should Gaudreau, do a story like, on that. If you ever get a chance, you should do a long form story on Kachuk leaving Calgary. I, I hate to just spell ideas. That would actually ideas, be like a really good. That'd yeah, be a really be good, a good idea. idea. It'd be great it'd to be like reach idea. out to like Alan Walsh and like all the other people who are involved in that trade. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a great story. Uh, yeah, and it should be an A one story, and uh, it should it should be all over the site. <laughs> so, so tell me, when is Goudreau's return to Calgary? When does that happen? Off the top of my head, is it I in the new year, like a, in twenty twenty three? Yeah, it's uh, I, January twenty third. I believe is the first time. That he comes uh, Colum- back. That he comes but, back. But the Flames are in Columbus on Friday, and I'll be in Columbus for that game. So they will see Johnny Gaudreau for the first time on Friday. 
So here's my question. Because I thought what Calgary fans did for uh, Matthew Kachuk last week was brilliant. Every time the guy touched the puck in game action, they were booing him. They're all over him. Video tribute time, standing ovation. And I thought that's one of the most intelligent, classy things I've ever seen a fan base do. Like, what a great sign of respect. Hey, man, thank you so much for the years here. Like, Matthew Kachuk wore his heart on his sleeve for that franchise, put his body at risk, played the game in a very physical and, and uh, you know demanding manner. And the fans wanted to say thank you. They also, I think, said thank you because we knew you didn't want to stay long-term. We don't take it personally. We got assets back. And we're going to boo you when you touch the puck. Because, hey, in the here and the now, we don't like you. We appreciate what you did. Do you and, think, and Ian, just before I cut yeah. you off here, there are even some stretches where he's, trying, where he's touching the puck and like a second will pass. And it's like, oh, nobody booed. And, and you mentioned that video tribute. They cheered him. Then they immediately booed him after, and you heard people in the stands laughing at how ridiculous it was that they went from cheering to booing. Like, it was a very weird situation. Not to cut you off, but I just had, I just had yeah. to add that context. So is there any chance when Johnny Goudreau comes back in January that he gets the same treatment, which is we cheer you loudly in your video tribute and we boo the heck out of you the rest of the time, or is it going to be straight booze? I'll tell you what. So I've covered a few of these kind of returns in the past, and I feel like when Danny Heatley left Ottawa years ago, Ooh, Julian. Okay? Yeah. So you, the, Julian, you would have been – how old would a young Julian McKenzie have been in December of 2009? Which I, 20, 2009 or 2010, I think. So 2010. I would have, I would have, I would have been – so so going 17? into 2010. Uh, 15. I would have been 15 in December 15. 2009. Okay, so 15-year-old Julian McKenzie probably wasn't paying attention uh, to the same extent that you would be now, but I'm pretty sure when Danny Heatley came back to Ottawa, uh, you, if you want to know how acidic the, the kind of atmosphere was in Ottawa, I distinctly remember people sharing pictures of they had taken... You remember the starter lineup Little action guys you could get. Was it starter? Starting lineup, a starter. Little figurines of NHL players. Right? Yeah. I remember, I remember those. Was and it called starting like lineup? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So these little four-inch tall little figurines. People yeah. put them in the urinals at the arena and they were pissing on them. Yo, that's disgusting. Yeah. That, that, that's next level. Yo, okay? that's, that's messed so up. I'm pretty sure. And I could be wrong on this. I don't remember if they even gave Danny Heatley a video tribute. Wow. They really I don't know. Not. Somebody would have That's to refresh crazy. my memory. Wow. Isn't that kind of nuts? People had literally put things in the urinal to pee on, on him. That's how much they hated him. So I, I don't recall. Like, if there was a video tribute, there's no way they would have cheered him. No. Even no, during the tribute. That, no, they get a lot of booze. So I don't think, think that's going to happen for Johnny Gaudreau. I no. remember I had a conversation with Milan Lucic the other day, and he was saying that like he was kind of like laughing at the fact that like the the Kachuk tribute kind of went the way that it did, and he wouldn't be surprised if it went similarly for for Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, I actually, funny enough, in talking to other people, I think they had the opinion that I think because of how the free agency thing went for him, you might hear more boos. 
Uh, you know, he leaves. The team doesn't get anything yep. for him. He says he wants to go home. He goes to Columbus. We all know he 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 made he he told people that you know why he was going to Columbus, but also like you're going home and Columbus is still how many hours away from home? Like if I'm a Flames fan, I'm like annoyed. I'm like like come on, like what's it like an eight hour drive? Home. Eight hours? Yeah, that, yeah. That's not home. That's like if I said I wanted to go to Montreal, I want to go home, and I had to live in Toronto. Even yeah, that's literally it. Like that's close, six. but like. Six, six and a half hours. That's still six, it is. seven yeah. hours of a drive. Yeah. You know, the flight might be a little bit better. And to Johnny Goudreau's point, he is of, he has enough money where if he wanted to take flights from Columbus to, uh, I guess, Southside Philadelphia or Southside yeah. Jersey, whichever Jersey, one yeah. works. Jersey, Philly, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the flight itself is not going to be that long. Like, it's funny. We keep thinking of it as like. Yeah, man. Like it's yeah. sick. It's eight hours. It's an eight-hour drive. Like you're still far. Johnny Gaudreau doesn't have to drive. Yeah, he's home not if he wants to. He could take a flight if he really wanted to, which would be like he's so not packing. Less. He's not getting in a minivan and packing snacks. No, he's not road someone tripping could, like the rest of us. No, someone no. could. I'm going to look this up like right now. Like how far is it from Columbus to New Jersey through a flight? I'm sorry to, for the people who are bored of this. Like, I don't know. It's at least like, like what, 90 minutes? Yeah, probably. Like, if, it, if it's a seven-hour drive, eight-hour drive, whatever it is, then, yeah, you're probably looking at a 90-minute flight. Yeah, it's so. about a night. It's about a, okay, it says here, from Columbus to Newark, New Jersey, the total flight duration is one hour and 18 minutes. That's not bad. But we keep thinking of it as drive because, like, you know, not everybody has all that money to just throw out a flight. That being said, I know I've gone on a side tangent. There are, I'm sure there are fans who definitely are <laughs> feeling like still a little, you yeah. know, hurt at the fact that Johnny Gaudreau left them the way that they did. And while they are still, you know, moving on and, and they see the guys that they have now and the roster that they're trying to build, like, I get it. Fans have the right to feel the way they want to feel. I think it'll ultimately end up being around the same thing for, for Matthew Kachuk, even if he's not the same personality. I think because of the circumstances, like it'll result in him getting his own fair share of booze. And I think he'll get it like throughout the game as well. You know what? I, I could see the crowd, you know, because Columbus is kind of stuck in the bottom of the standings. I could see fans doing, you know, in, in one of those, you know, enjoy the basement chants or, you know, whatever like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I wonder if they're going to do Hubies better again. Because I don't know Hubies if you realize this. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did that during the Kachuk game. And yeah. I mean, that's a little bit, you know, the direct one for one for each other, I guess. So maybe less likely we get Hubie's better, but like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, it, these these revenge games are always fun. I, I'm I wonder what it'll be like for Cassidy Monday night uh, in Boston. One other thing I want to uh, touch on. So I forgot to tell you this. I, I think I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. I know I did on the other on the Thursday edition of the pod with um, with Sean McIndoe, but Stephen Stamkos got to his thousandth point. Uh, last week and there was like a little window where i thought julian this guy could get his 500th goal and his thousandth point on the same play right like yeah he ends up not getting it he ends up with 494 goals and a thousand points he, he was close I, I think i forgot to tell you this when i was at the hall of fame uh, uh induction ceremony in toronto lanny mcdonald is walking by and i'm thinking in my mind i'm gonna stop him and ask him about this because Lanny McDonald is the guy in NHL history that almost did this. 
He oh. ended up, I think he got his 500th goal, Julian, and his 1,000th point within a couple of weeks of each other. Like he was, like, I think when he got his 1,000th point, he had 498 with goals. So That's I stopped him. And I said to him, I said, Steven Stamkos is like closing in on 1,000 points and 500 goals. I said, Lanny, at any point, when you were chasing down those two milestones at the same point, did you ever think about how cool it would be if you got them both on the same goal? He looks at me, he's like, never even thought of it until now. So isn't that weird? Like, yeah, that's weird I guess. But anyway, and Lanny's, you know this, now with your time in Calgary a little bit, uh, just a beloved figure and a guy that is just, yeah, he, he is what you think he is. But it, it he legitimately, when he answered my question, it looked like he had never the thought had never crossed his mind. So I don't I don't Man. even know if Steven knew about that. Here's the thing. Hockey DB and hockey reference were not a thing when Lanny McDonald was chasing that. Like, there's no. a reason why Mitch Marner went off the way that he did when he accomplished that record uh for that point streak uh for the trauma police over the weekend. I think in the information age that we're in now, like guys see that and they pick up on that and they could use that as like a source of of motivation to play well. I have a hard time thinking Steven Stamkos wouldn't have known. Can I? I feel like every time when we do a pod, you and I, we, you know, what we need to come up and I, I always spit. I'm like, we need to have new little segments. I, I think love we, this. Here, here's what I think we need, because we, we talked about it. We have a 17 year age gap. It's yes. like the it's like the Alfredson Carlson thing. Like We can make this work. But there's got to be a little, uh, a little bit of teaching on both sides. Like I almost think this would be fun, and I think our listeners would appreciate this because I bet you a lot of listeners are kind of in my age demographic. A lot of them in your age demographic. We need to do one of these. Like I'll teach you, you teach me. Like, oh, I like I, that. You know I, I like mean? that. Cool. Like, yeah. I, I, I need to learn some, some, uh, you know, urban fun, cool, hip <laughs> terminology. <laughs> Uh, urban okay. like what do you do urban <laughs> i'm a suburban guy i live in wow i live you, in you you, you want to know how old ian mendez is the yeah. fact that he said urban exactly <laughs> well no you know why i said urban is because i used to always i mean i i don't go as much but i would run to urban dictionary i'd be oh, like word oh hey, what does that mean uh, urban that's, that's dictionary. Why, that's, yeah urban dictionary was like my go-to anyway Long story short, Ooh, with the, shoot. I'll teach you, you teach me. Yes. Did you know that, so way back when, like, so, and I'm a kind of like a kid of the early 90s is when I really loved hockey or whatever. The only time we would get stats would be the, the newspaper would print them once a week. The entire league stats would come out on like a Tuesday. And like, you'd go to the, your, your, and if you were in a hockey pool of friends, like that's how you would tabulate it by hand on the two, like the day, or you could get, I think the hockey news had it every, every issue would be the stats, but it was like from like four days ago, you know? Oh, so, man. you know, if, if, if like Ray Ferraro had a hat trick for Hartford, it wouldn't show up for like a week on the stats page. That no, drive me. Wait, I have a question. How big were fantasy sports when you were like? No, younger? so we we had pool. Like I was in a hockey pool, but like you know, before my time. So this is even even before me. Did you know that they used to split? Like if you were in a hockey pool when Wayne Gretzky was at his absolute peak of his career, 
they would split up his goals and assists. Like you could, uh, it's, you could put your head up and say, "I'll draft Wayne Gretzky's goals," and then the next guy's like four picks up. I'll, you know, I'll take Wayne Gretzky's assists. So I, I mean, you would do the assists first. You would split it up because people would say it was unfair if you had both. So they would split Gretzky into two. What? Did you, okay, big... Julian. Did you know that in 1986, Wayne Gretzky, uh, I believe he had 215 points. 50, That's if I'm not mistaken, point, yeah. 52 goals, 163 assists. He would have won the scoring title with zero goals. <laughs> he had 163 assists, which was more than anybody else had points. So at this point in time, I'm telling you, people used to split this guy up in hockey pools. Can you imagine if, if today they're like, oh, you know, I'll take McDavid's assists or what, you know, what, like, that's how, that's how bananas it was. Man, this guy, and like that year was like the third consecutive year and the fourth year in five years that he had over 200 points yeah. in the NHL. So no, like, do you, like, like if someone gets a hundred <laughs> points in the NHL yeah. now, that's like a big deal. Like. 200 like imagine you had a, a, a like a stretch where four out of five years you hit the 200 yeah. point plateau that's 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 unheard of and the yeah. fact that people would get to a point in fantasy sports where you're drafting a person's goal could you imagine i know we use the football analogy a lot because we both love football but like could you imagine if it was just like oh i'm gonna draft justin fields uh but like his rushing stats like exactly. A, like I have him as like a running back or something. Or, Mike, or like Michael Vick would be an even Mike better Vick example. Mike Vick back in the day would have been the guy. Mike Vick, you would have been like, it's like, he's a running back. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, I'm only, you're only you're only allowed to take him for his running so, seals and you have to pick him separately for throwing. Okay. So let me ask you. Had you ever heard of this thing with Gretzky that they would split up the goal? Okay. So, no, so Okay. Never. So we've done it. We have accomplished. I'll teach you. You teach me. There okay. we go. I like this idea. But now I have to think like. What what cool? You you don't have to think. You you could literally tell me anything, and I'll be like, oh okay. Like okay, I told you I have to sometimes go to. I've gone to Urban. Have you ever gone to Urban Dictionary? For, yeah yeah yeah. I've gone okay. to Urban Dictionary. To okay, so I don't feel that bad. No 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 no. no, no. Like I I sometimes. And that's why stuff. I used the term urban. It was because of like Urban Dictionary. Because Urban Dictionary. Okay. Yeah yeah no no that's fine. Because like no like I'll like I mean I'm a I'm a millennial and like I have like a I have two younger sisters. One is like sort of on the cusp of millennial gen z and and one is definitely a gen z and like stuff will come up and i'm just like you know what i actually don't know what this means and then i'm like oh, okay that's what oh. that actually means actually one thing i learned one thing i learned uh <laughs> actually you know what you know what this is my opportunity to put the box yes. this too so i have a question when you hear the phrase out of pocket what does that mean to you my first thought goes to uh, insurance and you have to pay out of pocket. <laughs> like, uh, let's That's say, like, let's true. say you get a phys physiotherapy or a back again. Now you can tell hey, this guy might be in his forties if he's talking about physio and lower back pain, but, yeah. but you know, you have to pay out of pocket. If you're, if your insurance provider doesn't cover it, you pay out of pocket. Okay. That's so that, that makes sense. That's I what mean, I think. I would right know on. that for that too, because in talking to people here at work at The Athletic, I have learned that a lot of people like to use the term out of pocket to say that they're going to be away for a certain amount of time. What the Me, hell does that mean? That's what, that's what I want to know. Like, you I've know, seen I, people actually, you know like, who was, 
you know, out of pocket could also refer to Mike Vick. Yes. See? Yes. That's uh, we're bringing it all back quarter. together. Bring that it all back. Out of Justin <laughs> Fields, all those guys. He's out of pocket. I think of, I think of out of pocket as someone who says outlandish things and like, like says maybe inappropriate stuff. It's like, oh, you're, you're going to say this thing, man, you're out of pocket. Like you need to stop being out of pocket. Like that's not right to say. Okay. Like, I've never heard out of pocket in that, yeah, in that yeah. phrase. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a, there's even a song from, from Kendrick Lamar called N95 where the hook, uh, like someone says like a pretty mean statement. And then you hear Kendrick Lamar say, you're out of pocket. But I remember like being in a conversation with like one of my colleagues here and he says, Oh, you know what? I'm going to be out of pocket today. And I'm like, why are you going to be out of pocket today? You a nice guy. Like, why would you do this? <laughs> why would you start being out of pocket for no reason? Like I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, there you go. Out of pocket just for money me. like that. I know that yeah. too, but I also know out of pocket for something else, but it took me until joining the athletic to know that people use out of pocket there. as a way of saying that they are going to be away for a certain amount of time. Okay, I've never heard that. Never heard. By the way, I've also just thought of an idea. I'm going to launch something. I'm going to lock down the website for Suburban Dictionary. <laughs> and I'm, it's going to be phrases like cul-de-sac and things that you only hear like in the, in the uh, deepest yacht rock. part. Yacht Rock uh, has to yacht be there. Yacht Rock. Uh, you know, uh, all these things. Proximity to chain restaurants. This is what we have in, in the... In the suburban Yo, dictionary, this suburban. is crazy. Okay, if you I, if you do that, I will buy it <laughs> on principle. Let's lock it down. Lock it down. Okay, real quick before we wrap up this pod, the reason why I also brought up Stephen Stamkos gets to a thousand points. Fun trivia question for you. Okay, okay. on Stephen Stamkos. All right, I, cool. I, let me just pull it up to make sure I've got the right names here. Um, yeah, I believe. Okay, Stamkos is now one of seven players, Julian, in NHL history that were drafted first overall in an NHL draft, have a 1,000 points in their career, and have only played for one franchise. How what many, was the how first many, part of that again? So, uh, number one overall draft pick. First overall draft pick. 1,000 career points. 1,000 career points. Only played for one uh, team and 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 only seven players have done it only seven number one overall picks have met this criteria how many how, i'm just curious how many you could name crosby and ovechkin off the bat yeah 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 absolutely boom boom crosby ovechkin Oof. okay i mean put on the spot so i know i'm gonna think too hard about this uh a thousand points McDavid hasn't reached a thousand points. No, he, he will I think soon. he's like in the six hundreds though. Like, but he'll he'll get there soon enough for sure. Okay, this um, is where we tell Leafs fans Matthews will get there with yeah. Arizona. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. don't do that. No, don't exactly. That. No, no, no. Don't we're not. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm yeah, joking. Dude, look, I I know as someone who has poked that bear, I do not want to get there. Um, my God. And they've played their entire career yeah. with the same franchise. Exactly. So they never left. Like, so just for example, like Mario you know, Lemieux is there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mario's on there. So it's three. Because there's um, other guys, like think of like a Joe Thornton, for example, was taken first overall, but obviously bounced around, or Matt Sundin, or you know, so yeah. there's other guys that have got to a thousand points, first overall pick, just haven't done it all with one team. So Stamkos did it, Ovechkin did it. 
Crosby did it. Crosby did it. Lemieux did it. Did it. You're missing three, but you got three. That's that's actually good. That's very good. Because I did put you on the spot here. I put you on the spot. Okay, I'll give I'll give you the other ones. Okay, fine. One. Okay, there's one other active player in the NHL right now. Okay, I want to get the active player. At the very least, let me get the active player. Um, and I bet there are people who are listening to this episode who are just screaming. They're screaming. My God. Oh my God. I'm literally sifting through every single team okay. in so, my head right l- now. Let me give you a hint here. These guys were all drafted in a tight window. So it, basically, it went Crosby, Ovechkin, Eric Johnson, who's not obviously on this list, the missing guy, and Stamkos. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, I'm blanking in my head right now. Oh my God! No, 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 no! Where was the Where was the 07 draft held? Now oh you God. can't ask reverse trivia questions to me. <laughs> Certainly not as oh not as God. obscure as where no. was the 2007 no. NHL draft? Would that actually oh help you if I gave God. you the city? The oh city that it happened. Oh. Are you like one of those spelling bee guys where I'm like, where you're like, can you give me the country of origin oh for the oh like? This would help you. Okay, Ovechkin. Crosby. It, it was Johnson. in Columbus. 2007 draft was in Columbus. Oh my God. And then, and then Stamkos was 2008. Yeah. So we're missing the Alexander Ovechkin was on the cover of NHL 07. <laughs> um, Eric Stahl was on the cover of 08. I, I love you reverse engineering this with oh, EA Sports. Oh my covers. God. Oh my God. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going okay. to flip. I'm, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to, I'm going to, this name. Listen, Why am I bla- he's a three-time Stanley Cup winner with this franchise. That should help him. <laughs> no, no. Well, how many teams Patrick have won? Kane? Three? There you go. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. Okay. Why did I why did I take so long I don't with know. that? I hate I don't myself know. for thinking so long. People are yelling at like, their at their speakers right now on their oh, smartphones. Oh man. It was funny too, is that I was writing something earlier today. And I wrote, and I mentioned Patrick Kane. Uh, so, uh, Flames fans, uh, be on the lookout for something that mentions Patrick Kane coming this week. I don't know. Okay, there you go. Okay, so the other guys on the list. So, you, you, it's crazy, right? They all four in a tight window. Crosby, Ovechkin, Kane, and Stamkos. Four guys within five years. Outside of that, you go to the previous basically 40 years, there's only three guys that have done it. One is Mario Lemieux. Marce- is Marcel Dion one of them? Nope. Because he, yeah. he bounced around, right? He went to like, uh, he yeah, dropped he by Detroit. Detroit, LA, Rangers, uh, I think were the teams for him. Okay. So the other two guys, and th- this is, again, this is impossible. The other two guys, Gilbert Perot of the Buffalo State. No, never. And Denny Potvin of the New York Islanders. And that's it. Yeah. That's the. In- I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. Anyway, so when, when Steven Stamkos got to 1,000 points this week, I thought, I'm going to look it up because I'm I'm curious how many guys have gotten to a thousand points, first overall pick, and never left. Like that's pretty hard to do, right? It's pretty man, pretty tough thing to do. And everybody on that list is at least a one-time Stanley Cup winner with that franchise, with the exception of Gilbert Perot. Because Potvin, of course, won four cups, Lemieux won multiple cups, Crosby multiple cups, Ovechkin one cup. Kane three cups, Stamkos two cups, right? That's 
Lockett, I mean, if, if, if you didn't think Steven Stamkos was the first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer before, I, I think this pretty much should be game, set, match, right? And he's 32 years old. Yeah. Steven he's Stamkos got, is not He's got not four 36. to five years left. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, he, like, that blows my mind. I remember, I still think of, like, the Stanley Cup final where, like, he had been banged up and he just, like, played, like, was it eight minutes? Not that long and still scored. Oh, not yet. Against it, Dallas. I always say that that was like his Kirk Gibson moment where like yes. Kirk Gibson like kind of limps up to the plate and hits a home run and that's all he had in him was like one swing of the bat. I felt like Steven in 2020 had like one one shift in him in that cup final against Dallas. He's like, he scored. He's like, I'll see you later, guys. And it made all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I Now I have, I have to make sure that uh, next time uh, we do this. I come up with like a trivia question for you. Yeah. Someone gave me a really good Ovechkin trivia question that maybe I'll tell you off air. Uh, but uh, I I heard it this weekend and that that stumped me. So I'll, I'll find that. For Let's wrap up this Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, like we always do. Uh, we'll, we'll bounce around, and see who had the best week behind the bench uh, in the NHL. Look, we got some teams that were perfect last week, last seven days. Uh, Minnesota Wild, 3-0. Nashville Predators, 3-0. Carolina Hurricanes, 3-0. So, you know, maybe a little love for Dean Evanson, John Hines, Rod Brindamore. Julian, I got to really push hard for DJ Smith because I can't tell you how uh, the temperature was boiling over in Ottawa. They've won four of their last five games, including two games uh, in a row, back-to-back within 24 hours on the weekend at Madison Square Garden, back home against San Jose. Uh, this guy's been through it a ton. And I, I you know what? I, I think to be able to come out of it on the other side with a little bit of hope and optimism, uh, me, I'm going DJ Smith here. This guy is taking a ton of heat in this market. Seeing him win a couple games, uh, you know what? The, he, 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 yeah, he, he deserves this and a little bit of, little bit of positivity around him. So that, that's my vote for the week. I'm, I don't oppose going with DJ Smith. I would also shout out John Hines. I mean, I think of the other teams that are mentioned, Minnesota being one of them, uh, the other team being uh, Carolina. Those two teams are in pretty good playoff positions. Uh, the Nashville Predators, I mean, they're still knocking on the door trying to get into the playoffs. A, team, a guy like John Hines uh, in Nashville uh, could use any point. You, you could use the points. Uh, so I would imagine for me, Maybe I'd give it to him, but DJ Smith needs those points more in Ottawa, considering the pressure that's there, considering all those expectations that have been thrust upon the Ottawa Senators. Sorry, I'm one of those people who thrust the expectations on you. Yeah. You know what? I'm okay with being unanimous with you and picking DJ Smith. That's the guy who said, you know what, man? You're you're playing through pressure. And I don't think Dean Evison and definitely not Rod Brittimore and and to a lesser extent, John Hines, they're not feeling that pressure the same way as DJ Smith is right now. Well said. All right, we're going to go for it. We're going to give DJ Smith the uh, Jack Adams of the Week Award for the past seven days. They win two huge games. All right, wrapping it up, let me let me ask you this question to, to kind of sink our teeth into an uh, interesting storyline, and that would be we're at the 25-game mark for most teams, 20, 25 games. If I had to ask you who's been the breakout star, Julian, who deserves the title of the breakout star of the NHL season to date. I'm going to give you four options. Feel free to go off the board if you think one of these four guys, uh, there's somebody beyond these four. Uh, who deserves the title of breakout star of the year? I'm going to go, your options are Jason Robertson, Paige Thompson, Jack Hughes, 
or Rupe Hints. Who's like, you know what? That guy is the breakout star for me. So Jason Robertson has been a good player for a bit, but we've never seen him be this good. And I say this because I feel as if if I say Jason Robertson, people are going to be like, oh, well, he's a bit, I don't want to say established, but like, you know, he's, we knew, we know him to be a good player, but like, yep, we're talking about him as a potential heart trophy candidate right now. Uh, Rupe Hintz has always been underrated. He had a hat trick uh, on Sunday, which do my fantasy hockey team. I'm not happy about that. Tage <laughs> Thompson, who looked as if he was just going to be a guy in St. Louis and then Buffalo gets him and he turns him and we all look at his shooting percentage. We're like, mm, is that sustainable? And Tage Thompson has established himself as a really good player. But I think Jason Robertson, for what he's able to do in Dallas and helping them, not just by scoring all those goals and just being a good player. Dallas is looked at as a as a playoff team, like as a solid team with the pieces that they have. And Jason Robertson's a really big reason why. And if he's able to hold on to this, I think he is certainly deserving of the breakout guy. Because now we're looking at a player who will elevate themselves into a completely different tier of player because of a season like this. You know what who it is for me? I think it's Tage Thompson. And I know he had the, you know, the 38 goals or whatever last year. Julian, I've watched. I think probably in person two Sabres games this year. Like, so been in the building with my own eyes to watch. And then, you know, watch maybe two or three other games where they're on TV. I'm blown away by this guy. Like, the games I watch him in person with my own eyes, I'm like, this guy's dominant. And he leaps off the the page for me. And I got to tell you, like, when, when, when they traded Ryan O'Reilly years ago, I thought, man, they got fleeced. They got, got fleeced. fleeced on this trade. With a capital F. Well, Tate Thompson, uh, to me, has been, he's elevated himself from a guy who scored 38 goals or whatever last year. He's a legitimate star in this league. I'm I'm going Tate Thompson here. I, I well, think uh, Buffalo came through Calgary. I, did they? Did you watch him there? Yeah, I watched him and I watched all those guys in Buffalo. Those guys are, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, like, they have a bright future, man. Yeah, fast, they do. They're quick. They're fun to watch. Like, yeah. Yeah, I also I think our reasonings are more or less similar. I think Tage Thompson is taking that step to become a star in the league. I kind of see Jason Robertson, who, yes, he had 40 goals last year. He may very well be knocking on the door of superstar. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I think we both have similar, like, I think that's fine. Man, anyway, it's it's fun. And, and if you're a fun of, uh, fan of the Dallas Stars or Buffalo, there's not, and, and obviously we put Jack Hughes on there too. Like there's nothing more exciting when your team has a young star and you start to think about in your mind, you're like, wow, what will the next five years be like? Or or the most fun is when that player hasn't hit his ceiling yet, right? And that just like you said on Robertson, he hasn't hit his ceiling yet. And that's that's crazy. Like He's he has become doing this. arguably the best goal scorer uh in the game this season, right? Like he's the best goal scorer at five on five. Yeah. Yeah, he's averaging like two goals at five on five a game. Yeah, like he's like there's genuine like I know that like people are gonna look at like oh it's the heater that he's on that's gonna propel him but like yeah his numbers look really good. There's a legitimate case to be made right now that goes beyond the heater the the pl- the point streak that he's on that says he should be a viable heart trophy candidate. Yeah. No. Anyway, hey, listen, this is. This has been a lot of fun, and we've also come up with a brand new segment idea for future shows of I Teach You, You Teach Me. 
And also uh, occasional trivia. By the way, and occasional trivia. If you if you want the trivia question, okay. Uh, the trivia question was this. So, oh, oh uh, you're going right on the air here. Okay, now let's do this. Yeah, I'm doing it. Alexander Ovechkin this week uh, has 403 goals scored on the road. 403 goals scored purely on the road. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 active players right now yeah. who have more goals than Alexander Ovechkin does on the road. There are only 11 players in the NHL right now who have more career goals than Alexander Ovechkin does on the road. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, so, um, like, if you took away all of Ovechkin's home goals and you only gave him his road goals, there's only a handful of guys that have more than him. Gotcha. Correct. Correct. All time. So, well, I mean, Crosby. And there, and sorry, sorry, not all-time, active players. Active, active so, Crosby. Players. Yes. And the aforementioned Stamkos, for sure. Yes. Uh, and Patrick Kane. Look at this. This is yes. just, we're re- just rehashing names that we had earlier in the show. Yes. Uh, Phil Kessel? Phil Kessel, yes. By one goal. Oh, safely. Phil safely in there. Very, uh, very close. Joe, um, uh, oh my gosh, Joe Pavelski. Yes, Joe Pavelski's there. And now I'm out. Now I'm struggling here. Because uh, I, boy, like the, the, the Kopitars of the, and the Taves of the world and the Bergerons of the world. Like, I'm, I, I'm just thinking of these like kind of great two-way centers. I'm like, do they have enough goals? Bergeron, Taves. I'm going to go Bergeron, Taves, and Kopitar and see if I got any of them right. Uh, one of those three are there. Okay, it's not Kopitar. No, it's, it's not It's down Kopitar. to Taves, Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron scored a lot of goals. I'll, I'll say Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron is, is on that, yes. Okay. There we go. Wow. You're going to have to help me out on the other guys. Okay. So Unless there's like an missing... obvious. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Malkin. If, if, if there's ever a Crosby question, there's B. Malkin. Malkin was so there. so Malkin's there. So you've mentioned the top three guys. Um, you're missing a guy who was on the cover of NHL 08. Um, who, wait, I you think... said this earlier. Wait, wait. You said Ovechkin was 07. You said yes. Eric Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl was there. Yes, isn't that what you said? Yes, that's what I said. Eric Stahl so is on the cover I just of NHL 08. You, you know. pay attention. I need you to know that I'm listening to you. I appreciate. That, I'm my listening. Friend. When somebody um, says Eric Stahl was the cover athlete of NHL 08, I put that in a little piece of my brain, and I'm like, I wonder if I will ever need to use this information ever again. Okay. Do you and remember? Yes. Do you remember? I think it was during like the 2005 World Juniors that really dominant line. Bergeron that had City Cro- Yeah, Crosby. Yeah. Do you remember who was the third person on that and, line? And uh, and it wasn't Mike Richards. It was the other. It, I feel like it's the uh, the, uh, the other guy, uh, Jeff Carter. So he Jeff Carter is part of that. So that is a right answer. But that's not the name I'm looking for. Jeff Carter wasn't on that line. Wasn't it Carter and Richard Carter and Richards on that team? Yeah, they were, wasn't it? So Carter, they were on that team, but there was like a line with like three really good players, like Crosby, Bergeron, and there's a third guy. You probably didn't like him. No one really does. Marshand was there, right? No. Not on the five team. 
No, no, I'm thinking of the Olympics. Uh, You're thinking of the Olympics. So 2005. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm thinking of no. I was thinking of the World Cup. Um, uh, Getzlaff and Perry. Oh, Corey Perry. Corey was, Perry. Yes. Yeah. Was Jeff Carter not on that line? I all of a sudden I thought. It, and Jeff Carter is right. Jeff Carter's on that list, but yeah, it was. Listen, I remember it was it was Crosby, it was Crosby, Bergeron, Perry. Listen, the next time we have to do the Apple bonus segment on the show, why aren't we just doing this instead we of? We should just do that. By the way, at the end of our podcast, when we're about to uh, say goodbye, here's 11 guys that have scored more goals than Alex Ovechkin. So, so Crosby, Stamkos, Malkin, Stahl. Yeah. Uh, you said Pavelski. You said yeah. Carter. You said Bergeron. You said Perry. You said Castle. Um, did you say the... Um, so there's two guys you're missing. Two guys. But I don't, but I don't remember if you mentioned, uh, one of them already. But I also want to be careful. They're both American players. I mean, you might have mentioned one of those guys already. Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty. No, no he's not there. Oh, that was my initial thought. Ah, uh, uh, boy. Now you're, oh boy, they're American guys. So the, the two guys that are missing are American guys. And I don't remember if you mentioned, and I feel bad. I don't oh my God. if you mentioned one. You know what? I'm going to say this name because I don't want to do what you did. I'm going to say Patrick Kane. Okay. So we get Patrick Kane out the way. There is yeah. one. So, so, so Crosby, Stamkos, Malkin, Eric Stahl, Patrick Kane, Joe Pavelski, Jeff Carter, Patrice Bergeron, Corey Perry, Phil Castle. All of those players have had more goals than Ovechkin's road totals. And you're missing one player. And he's American? He is an American uh, player. He yeah. was born in America. I think his dad was born elsewhere. The hell? What? That, that, now you're just confusing me. I mean, I don't know. I thought I gave you a pretty good hint. Well, his dad must have been a player then. His, his dad was a, a player, yes. Once upon a time. Yes, he was. Man, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to tap out. I have, n- like, literally no clue. Damn, okay, all right. Uh, Zach Parisi. Oh, I, you know what? I never would have got. Well, I mean, if you started giving me some hints, maybe, but, man, I. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I figured you were, you, you, you know the game. I figured you would have been up on uh, J.P. Parisi. Yeah? No, no. I, yeah. Terrible by me. <laughs> But, you know, it's one of those things where, like, his dad played before I watched hockey. That's fair, yeah. That's fair. You know? I think his dad was, yeah. like, in the 70s, wasn't he? Was he on that Team Canada, whatever, that 72 Summit Series team? Wasn't he on that team? Was he on that team? I I don't think so. No, yeah, if he was. I think so. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. Yeah. He was. So, that's before, that's before both of our times. That's fair. But, hey, you, you did really well. That was awesome. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Surprise trivia. You never know when you're going to – I don't know if it's going to pop up at the Monday show. All right. Hey, man, this was great. Uh, I hope you have a great week. I'm sure, listen, we're going to have a lot of fun storylines to, to to pay attention to, like Boston-Vegas Monday night, and uh, you mentioned Calgary, and, you know, Ottawa's become a, suddenly a fun team. So we're going to have a lot of uh, fun storylines to, to sink our teeth into the next seven days. So, listen, have a great week, and we'll get you next uh, next Monday. On the pot, and just come to the table with something you can teach me in my forties. Okay, that's your <laughs> that's your job. Like how I All blew right. your mind with the the Gretzky's goals assist being split up. I need something Bro, that's like that. Crazy, that's yeah. crazy. All right, I'll think of yeah. something. There we go. All 
We want to thank everybody for listening to this uh, Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a rating and review. We certainly appreciate that. Drop us uh, the comments. We'd love to hear the feedback. You can follow us on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash at the Athletic Hockey Show. Right now, you can get a subscription to The Athletic for $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash 